Welcome to the seventh episode of Rank Heresy. Today we will be talking about Star Wars and more specifically about Padme Amidala. Right, so for those who don't remember, um, Padme is a character in the Star Wars franchise. She specifically is a main character in the uh, prequel trilogy where she was actually introduced by name before then we know Luke and Leia do have a mother but we don't know next to anything about her. So the prequel trilogy is where we're first really introduced to the woman who has children with uh, Anakin Skywalker, who married him in secret due to her role as a politician and his role as a Jedi, where he cannot have a wife or a uh, significant lover of any kind because of their, uh, not disdain, but they have rules against attachment. And that was a... uh, (laughs) Very in the face of that. She starts the series as the Queen of Naboo as a child. And when she ages out of that role, which we'll get into later, because the role is very much for a young, very young woman. She becomes the senator for Naboo in the uh, Republic. And throughout the series, she represents democracy, the values and ideals of the old Republic and very good leadership. Uh, She is constantly targeted throughout the prequel trilogy as being a threat to Palpatine's designs. He is often trying to assassinate her for one reason or another. And uh, she's one of the pinnacle characters aside from, you know, Bail Organa, who we barely see, and Mon Marthma, of um, characters who are the peak of the values of the old Republic, along with the Jedi Order of the people we should root for and the people who face the oncoming tragedy. So with that said, the uh, fans have very strong opinions on Padme. At least the um, Star Wars fandom is so huge. The prequel fans and the fandom corners we've been to, which are you know, Tumblr, AO3 and Reddit, they adore Padme. They just really love her and were very offended by Revenge of the Sith, where Padme sees the Republic falls, her husband just murdered a bunch of kids and, you know, set the clone troopers loose on the Jedi Temple. And her first instinct is to go to him and plead with him to come with her to Naboo. And she's just a total wet blanket. (laughs) No, no, but there's no sign of the, you know, strong, you know, uh, pinnacle of democracy, this uh, great politician at all. She's just Anakin. People were very upset with Lucas that he fridged her, that he assassinated the character. And this just wasn't the Padme they thought they knew and, and wanted. So basically, we think her behavior in Revenge of the Sith makes perfect sense with what had been established previously. We will try to explain this here. Basically, the Padme we see other people wanting and feeling they were robbed of is uh, not the Padme we saw in the films. And we'll go into who we thought she is. So we meet Padme at 14. Uh, She is the Queen of Naboo. Her planet is under siege by the Trade Federation. And she's making a desperate ploy to escape the planet's blockade, get to the Senate, plead her case and get an army from the Senate to invade and uh, kick out the Trade Federation. This does not work for her because the Senate is fractured and very, uh, each faction is sort of nationalistic and only focused on their own planet's aims. So they do not support this. And so she goes back to Naboo 
she goes and pleads with the Gungans, who are the indigenous species of Naboo that the humans sort of kicked out of power and put into hiding. They agree to fight with her to kick out these new invaders and serve as her army and fight against the droids that are on Naboo. Anakin, conveniently to no one's uh, plan, uh, gets rid of the reserve ships in orbit so they don't have uh, ships coming down and um, firing on the Gungans or the uh, civilians of Naboo who are still there. And the Jedi take care of Darth Maul, who happened to be on the ground at the time, and Padme is able to uh, retake the planet within a few hours, and she is successful. So that is what happens in The Phantom Menace. And she is a very brave and formidable leader, especially when you take into account she is 14 and her role as queen, it's unclear how much of this is her responsibility. She seems to be a spokesperson for a lot of it. She has she has diplomats under her. She has a prime minister, or I forget what his role exactly is, but he's stuck on Naboo. She has uh, generals. She has people in charge of military planning. Her role was that she thought as queen, she could go to the Senate and plead the people's case. And then it turned out she could not. So she goes above and beyond the call of duty. She puts herself on the front line. She goes to the Gungans directly as the sovereign leader, puts herself at their mercy, and uh, it works out for her. But something to keep in mind here is that it, these were very clear-cut actions where it was very clear to her what she should do and what she should respect protect she is the leader of naboo she's her planet is being invaded and these atrocities are happening of course she should put herself on the front lines and do everything she can never mind that she knows one of her enemy's goals is to assassinate her as uh, quickly as they can as during the first part of the movie she is fleeing from uh assassination attempts by darth maul but she could have very easily been killed by the Gungans who have large built up resentment towards the human population of Naboo for very good reasons. Even when she did get the Gungans on her side, they would have been massacred to a man had Anakin not uh, taken out the ships in orbit, which no one had planned for him to do. He was supposed to, he wasn't even really supposed to be there. That was the, uh, the Jedi sent him along for reasons of their own. <laughs> and, you know, he's a 10-year-old kid with no combat experience, and they just throw him into a siege. Have fun, Anakin Skywalker. Show us what you can do. And he did very well, but he wasn't supposed to do any of that. You know, had she failed, she would have been dead. And the only person she could have relied on then is Palpatine to argue her case in the Senate, which she thought was a very good idea. And she had reason to think it was a very good idea. But uh, Palpatine obviously was not really on her side there. So that's Padme at 14. And she is a very bold, very great character, but I would not call her politically deft. She was very 14 and the choices she had to make and the stance she was making were not controversial in any way and were very near and dear to her heart. And it was easy to see the right path. So with that, let's get to the interesting stuff and Attack of the Clones. Okay. So nine years later, Padme is once again pursued by assassins and the Jedi once again give her a bodyguard 
This time it's Anakin, all grown up from last time. They stayed together in Naboo for a very brief time because he soon has a dream that his mother is in danger. And of course, during this day, they have already started developing feelings for each other. But when his mother is in danger, she decides to go with him to allow it so that he will be able to go and save her. And that alone is, once again, a very, you know, noble thing to do. Endangering yourself like that so that this uh, kid can uh, watch out for his mother. And of course, Shmi was very kind to Padme those years ago. But again, it's the decision of someone who sees things in a very, you know, straightforward, black and white, I will do the right thing because it's the right thing to do kind of way. So they get there and we get the infamous genocide. Anakin is upset with a camp of Tusken Raiders and he murders them to a man. And Padme sees him leave, then he comes back, tells her what he did, and the response is to comfort him. It is not at all as a defender of the free world, as a politician who tries to protect all citizens of the Republic, even those in the Outer Rim. It is not at all to stand up for those Tusken Raiders who were just murdered. Anakin is her priority. So she comforts him, and we never see her so much as struggle with that. There is not even a single thought from her. There is not a single conversation between her and Anakin where she says, Anakin, what have you done? And <laughs> it, it doesn't occur to her to report him to, you know, to the Republic or to the Jedi, what he just did. That this guy who is supposed to represent the peace corps of the world, that he uh, is apparently someone who can and will murder the shit out of not just those who wrong him, but their entire people. She... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but she doesn't have a problem with that at all that we see. And since we don't see it, I'm not going to assume that, oh, surely she did off screen. Oh, no, <laughs> she uh, she doesn't. That doesn't seem to bother her. And what she does later indicates that it really didn't bother her too much. But I was yes. going to say, actually, that Anakin struggles more with it than he, uh, she does. He brings it up multiple times throughout oh, the yeah. rest of the film series, what he does. And he's very tormented. Padme! Doesn't seem to. Day after this on Geonosis, she declares her love to him. And then when they survive at first opportunity, she marries the guy. That's not the actions of a woman who cares. And uh, that's just telling of how she views the, her duty as a politician. It is a performatory thing where, of course, she wants to be you know, noble and righteous and all of that. But when confronted with an actually complex case where they have done this horrible thing to a woman that she cared for or at least liked very well and her son that she has feelings for she sides with the son <laughs> yeah adding on to that that she chooses to marry a jedi even getting away that it is anakin who she knows did this terrible thing like two days ago she marries him in secret this is very much something that will destroy her political career is taboo and it will destroy his career as a Jedi. It is this, and, you know, she will not be able to live with him. She won't be able to be with him in public. They can't have children together or at least not without severe complications. It's not a good romance for either of them. It's not a sustainable relationship and she still goes for it and she agrees to it readily. Which is just, it also carries this commitment because let's say that five, ten years from now, because they won't be able to leave as husband and wife, not like this. What they have is just the ability to sneak away together sometimes. It's no different from a, a romance. But say that they actually develop serious feelings for someone, or at least Padme, because Anakin is supposed to be celibate. 
Padme wants to move on like 10 years later. She has found someone serious that she wants to have a life with. Like, does she just divorce Anakin first or does she become a bigamist? It's just such a, no, no but this entire move of marrying Anakin, it, it, it's someone who's not thinking of the future at all. And it would be a lot more understandable if she was still 14. But she's a 23-year-old woman. She's an adult. She's not just an adult. She is when, you know, one who's been in this political culture for so long. She has strong ties to the Jedi. She's worked with them multiple times. She knows how they work. She knows what this world is that she's signing both herself and Anakin up for. And she still does it. And we'll get into sort of the why she would do this later. But uh, the short of it is that she's a romantic She's very much caught in this up in this whirlwind romantic fantasy in which, you know, Anakin is a very good looking Jedi bodyguard she falls in love with within a matter of days. He saves her and he's he acts as a sort of escape from the world that she herself can't escape, this world of politics that she's been mired in since she was a child. And of course, she then gets pregnant and it's all threatening to fall apart because now now she can't very well hide the affair. It's either that she tells the truth, yes, I've been married for years now, or she doesn't. And the senator of Naboo just gave birth to a bastard and she's refusing to say who the father is, which is the bigger scandal. Her political career is over anyway. Of course, she could give birth in secret and just pretend to come visit her handmaiden's kid that she's really close to. Uh, you know, noble women do do that back in the day, but that's not a life either. And of course, Anakin, within within seconds of learning that she's pregnant, he offers to resign from the order, and she says, "No, no, 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 no! It has to stay a secret." Like, my God, Padme, what was your plan? Was it to just take long vacations and then go back to Coruscant and pretend you don't have a child? There is this is not the thinking, the logic of a woman who is at all frankly connected to reality <laughs> yeah they uh she and anakin have a couple discussions during that film but oddly enough and he does ask her you know what will happen now and she never really gives a clear-cut answer she's like she does admit that she will probably have to resign as senator she will be forced to due to the scandal but um the way they talk about it is that, oh, they're going to live together and raise a child. They'll finally be a family, even though Anakin will not leave the order right now. And Padme's still senator and it's unclear what they're going to do. Congrats mentioning that she's, you know, heavily pregnant. It's near its end, that pregnancy. She has had a lot of time to think. Oh, yeah. Oh, Padme. All right. So... so what happens then is that Anakin gets very distracted by visions of Padme dying in childbirth and uh, Palpatine gives him helpful hints that while the Jedi can't help him save his secret wife in part because he can't admit to having a secret wife, um, the Sith have abilities to possibly save the children in the ways the Jedi do not. Anakin throughout the series has become increasingly disillusioned with the Jedi Order, this puts the nail on the head, and eventually Palpatine reveals that he is the Sith and they are launching a coup. And Anakin actually at first does rat him out to Mace Windu, but the prospect of losing Padme is too much and he already it feels very betrayed by the Jedi Order, so he eventually flips and then uh, 
Then they march on the Capitol. He takes the stormtroopers into the Jedi Temple and murders all the initiates who are children, babies that they've taken, everyone left behind and not on the front lines. He murders so many children, countless Jedi. And where it gets back to Padme is that Padme is there in Coruscant when this is happening and she finds out and she's confronted by Obi-Wan who has miraculously survived nearly being assassinated by his own troops and tells her of this and shows her the videos that Anakin did this and she just nopes. She doesn't want to believe it, doesn't want to hold Anakin accountable. She's terrified of losing him. She is pregnant with his children. And Anakin gives her a message to meet him on Mustafar. She goes and uh, Obi-Wan sneaks into the ship with her, which uh, Anakin views that as her having brought Obi-Wan purposefully to assassinate him. And uh, that was not the case, but... (laughs) Never mind that. Then Padme does end up dying in childbirth after having been attacked by Anakin. And it's revealed that Anakin murdered her himself through the force because of all of this that had happened. And uh, that's the end of Padme. And that last bit is what people really have issues with. But I can see it. Padme, her entire background is frankly not that unlike the Jedi. She's made Queen of Naboo and from extended law, which I won't be using because I don't know it that well, but it goes that she was trained to be a queen since she was a child. What we do know is that she became Queen of Naboo when she was 14. That was the youngest they ever elected. And she was then re-elected and they were going to re-elect her again, even, even though the constitution said not to, they would just change the constitution because they loved her so much. Uh, but she said nope, handed over the throne and became a senator so as to serve Naboo in this other way instead. This is a woman who has devoted herself entirely to Naboo, to the people, to ideals, and hasn't ever really had a chance to be a person. She even mentions as much in Attack of the Clones that she had this one crush on the guy who went on to become an artist, and he's living a great life. Now look at her. Um, she very much comes across as someone who didn't really get a chance to be her own person, to make her own choices, to really get to do irresponsible and stupid things, to be human, essentially. And Anakin just becomes a vessel of doing this. She gets to have this whirlwind romance and to have a lover and an escape from this entire thing. And of course, she doesn't want to give that up. So we get her, you know, increasing just unwillingness to let anything get in the way of that. The Tusken Raiders, the younglings who are murdered, she will overlook it all. She will overlook every kind of, you know, possible bad future as long as she gets to have this dream of hers. To consider it too seriously, I think we just make it a thing of the real world and she doesn't want that. Just as having Anakin resign, having to actually live with him as husband and wife, that would make it a real thing it wouldn't be an escape anymore. And the thing about Padme is she is an idealist and she is an uncorrupt politician, but where her, I wouldn't even call it corruption lies because she's not aware of it herself, but she wants to be a certain person and she doesn't realize that she is not that person, that when it comes down to it, she doesn't stand up for the uh, oppressed minority races of the galaxy in the way she thought she did. 
she will make personal decisions and will put those over the good of the Republic and the good of her people. And she never sees the disconnect between them. So we're just left with this woman who um, means well. And of, uh, of course, it's a good person in many regards. It's just that she isn't isn't really fit to be a politician. Not um, At least it's not a good fit for her as a person. <laughs> and, and frankly, I wonder about what kind of how, what her votes look like, because there are going to be a lot of complicated issues. Yeah, where sometimes what too. looks like the right choice is actually going to make things worse for people. And I can see her, you know, doing the vote that makes her look like a good person. And then five years later, people are um, worse off than they would have well, been otherwise. I'll, I'll put it like this. We see assassins go after her in two instances. But there's a nine-year gap between the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. And Attack of the Clones, they're going after her because they know she's going to vote a certain way in the Senate. And that is not the way Palpatine wants her to vote. There are a lot of other votes that happened. And Palpatine seems to have judged that those are okay. Or the ones that happened after the war began. However, Padme was voting. It was either fine with him or he could tolerate it. Yeah. So that says a little bit. Yep, it sure does, doesn't it? Yeah. Padme <laughs> only had to go into hiding a, a few times when her votes were not what Palpatine wanted. Yeah. Oh, with that, I think actually we're kind of done with the episode. Yeah, I think we're done. Time... Yeah, which means it's time to bring out good old Torgrim, who, for those who don't know, is Python's random, gen... random number generator, who we used to blow up various patrons they paid for, the, for me to do this yeah but it's great so uh the person who gets blown up today is someone whose username i'm not sure how to pronounce <laughs> it's Baijun. okay i don't even know which one that is but if that sounds remotely close to your username well done you just got blown up by uh torgrim oh yeah it's a uh, savannah cat I uh, I know who that is. Uh, I hate when people have multiple usernames. <laughs> okay, well, you've been blown up. So sorry. You've been blown up. That's the important part. Congratulations. Yeah. Body parts everywhere. Pink mist. All right, well, with that, let's wrap this up. Yes. In case I don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.